Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Alias Secure AF podcast, the podcast about all things cybersecurity. I'm your host, Teddy Underkoffler. Today I am joined with Robert, security engineer here at Alias, and we are going to talk about some of the stranger devices that he's seen while on a pen test. Um, So I know normally whenever you're on a pen test or you're running a scan or things like that, you'll pick up the typical devices like printers, obviously computers, things of that sort. But what are some of the ones that kind of stood out in more unique and unexpected ways? Yeah, so like you said, uh, we see a lot of expected devices, uh, things like printers, desktop computers, that kind of thing. Uh, However, you know, what I I really find a lot more interesting than those kind of devices uh, is what you can find when you kind of poke around a network and, you know, kind of look for the unexpected uh, things with uh, open web ports uh, that you can, you know, browse to in a web browser even. Uh, very simple and just, you know, see like, what is this? What does it do? Uh, and you see all kinds of devices. Um, you know, a, a super common one that y- you might not expect is something like a, a lighting controller. Uh, so sometimes uh, lighting for a building may be managed over uh, a web browser. Uh, but you also see, uh, like you said, also a, a bunch of just weird stuff mm-hmm. that you don't expect. Um, so, for example... Uh, one of my favorites that I see not too often, but a lot more common in uh, kind of retail environments is uh, digital signage. Uh, so, you know, sometimes stores will in the store have electronic signs uh, or outside the store on, say, a billboard or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, in a lot of cases, these are controlled remotely. Uh, so, you know, somebody doesn't have to walk around and swap those all out manually. Yeah. Um, and in many cases, you know, those kind of simple devices that are controlled remotely uh, have very little access control or security features. Uh, so you may find on a network uh, just an open, accessible uh, electronic signage. And uh, there was actually one particular instance uh, where we were on a pen test and we kind of hit a wall. Uh, so we kind of backed up to uh, take a, a better look around and see what was there. Uh, and I found what looked like an electronic signage controller. And uh, I, I was thinking, like, oh, you know, this is probably, like, you know, the walls of the of the uh, establishment. Uh, it mentioned, you know, sales and things like that. And, uh, you know, we were jokingly like, oh, wouldn't it be funny if we, you know, left a little message like Alias was here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, ultimately didn't do that. But um, it, what was really funny is when we went to leave the pen test and, you know, we're on our way out and I'm packing all my things up in my car and uh, I just happened to look up uh, towards the street on a you know very busy street, and I, I see the electronic billboard. Oh my goodness! Flashing the exact images I had seen on this web interface uh, not too long ago, <laughs> oh, and no. realize you know this wasn't just mm-hmm. some small indoor sign. It was the giant billboard. It was outside. the massive billboard out front. Ouch! And so you had the potential. To put stuff on that billboard. Absolutely. Because uh, like I said, in, in many of these cases, uh, these are, you know, afterthoughts when mm-hmm. it comes to security. Or security is an afterthought in these cases. Uh, because they, they don't really see this as a threat. Yeah. I, I've i used an outdoor billboard before. You know, as a marketer, I've had to manage one. And that system was not very complicated. It wasn't very 
in depth. I don't even think I had to log in or log out. I think I just clicked the app on my desktop and it pulled up and I was able to make changes. Yeah, that tends to be the case with a lot of these smaller devices. Uh, you know, organizations don't really think about that th- that threat, uh, though it is a very real threat of, you know, vandalism. You know, you don't want somebody just uh, deleting all your files for that billboard and then replacing it w- with whatever they may want. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would definitely not be a good thing to have happen. Um, so what is something else that you found that you thought was an interesting so one that was uh, a little more mundane, uh, not quite as flashy and interesting as a, a massive roadside billboard, um, was a we were doing a pen test for a, a financial institution, and uh, they had the uh, they had a service where they would on site print checks for people, mm. uh, and you could control this check printer remotely. So there was a web interface for this check printer, and. Uh, we, you know, we're looking at it and we're like, oh, this has a history of all the checks printed for this device. And, you know, you think about what's on a check. You have, you know, people's names, addresses, uh, certain limited account information. Mm-hmm. Not something you want just accessible for yeah. sure. And uh, we, we realized we even had the potential to uh, go through the go through the motions on this device and act as if we're trying to print checks. No way. Yep. <laughs> oh my goodness. Very tempting to just, you know, print checks for an Alex for Kansas. Oh, that would have been phenomenal. So, but they would have been legitimately printed checks that you potentially, I don't know, could have done something with. I don't know if there is any specific account tied to it or you could look that up or commit any sort of fraud, but it's crazy to think that check printers are something I've never really considered. Yeah, that threat was absolutely there as, you know, it, it had a stored history of all the checks that were printed. Mm-hmm. So you could look back and go, oh, this person, you know, this has all their information already, like, filled out in the history. Uh, you know, just repeat that job, and now you have checks in somebody else's name. I, f- I imagine if you were able to print a check in somebody else's name, you could probably pretty well successfully social engineer like a bank teller into being able to get account access or something like that. Absolutely. I mean, you know, it's a scenario where it's not even a fake check Mm -hmm. because it's a legitimately printed check from the bank itself. Uh, You know, there's no telltale signs of a counterfeit check or anything like that. Completely legitimate. Still fraud, but yeah, (laughs) still something you can't do. But yes, that's an interesting one. Um, What else do you have? Something we run into not too often as kind of a category of things I like to call uh, real life CTF objectives, <laughs> uh, because you know you're doing online CTFs, maybe try hack me, hack the box, that kind of thing, uh, and in many scenarios you will uh, you'll have an objective, you'll have a flag to capture, uh, and it'll be almost comical sometimes. It'll be like this is the flag dot txt. And then inside the flag, it's, you know, it says, like, the password is this. Uh, and, you, you know, you think, like, oh, there's no way I would never find something like, I would ever find something like this in a real environment. This mm-hmm. is just, you know, for a lab environment, just to make it easy on people to learn. Uh, but there's been a handful of times where we've run into things that, in a way, are like real-life CTF objectives, Um 
you know, you may be browsing around some some file shares and find a file that contains a list of user accounts for different vendors for a business hmm. and not only store, you know, the email used to access that account, but maybe even the passwords so that multiple people can access the document and, uh, you know, make orders from a vendor if needed. That's, geez, <laughs> I don't even know what to say at something like that. Um, cause that's terrifying. You know, you always talk about, especially with vendors, like third party vendor risk, you know, what if you get compromised because the vendor got compromised, but this, someone could genuinely social engineer you using their information. Absolutely. And, you know, I, I really like this kind of category of findings because it, it's not just, oh, we exploited a machine and we got domain admin access and, you know, we kind of quote unquote, won the pen test. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, we found a real threat in the environment because somebody thought it was a good idea to store passwords in an Excel sheet. Yeah. And, you know, you might want to yeah. mitigate that because while it may not lead to domain access for that specific site, you know, you could do a lot with a, uh, a company vendor account. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of real, genuine threat that could happen because of that. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, do you have any other stories or interesting finds that you would like to share before I ask kind of like my final question? I, I have a couple that I can run through pretty quickly because mm -hmm. uh, they're not all that interesting or, okay. well, they're interesting, but there's not a whole lot to them. They're sure. pretty one dimensional. Let's hear it. Uh, so, you know, one scenario we found a, uh, a wirelessly connected pizza maker, pizza maker, pizza maker. Okay. So this pizza maker had a, a web interface. Uh, because what it was doing is it allowed people to use a, a tablet to punch in an order for a, a custom pizza to come out of this robotic pizza maker. And the way it was controlled uh, was through the web interface uh, being opened on a tablet next to it. Uh huh. And that web interface could be opened by anything on the network. And you could just browse to that address and then you know you have the full control scheme for the pizza maker you know punch in i want a you know a pepperoni and olive pizza and it ha even had a webcam Stop. to watch the inside of the pizza maker <laughs> as it puts together your pizza and spits it out uh-huh so you're telling me you could have potentially ordered a pizza watched it get made and then just never really have to do anything with the pizza again absolutely uh, you know, in some cases, something like this could even be accessed remotely. <laughs> so if someone could get in your system and re remotely order how many pizzas cost you money, cost you time, cost you resources, and actually back up any genuine orders that you probably could have had. Yep. And, you know, in a, in a way, even a denial of service or a, a denial of pizza attack, <laughs> if you will, uh, by just spitting out, you know, fake pizza orders and nobody can get a pizza. That's ridiculous. I love it. <laughs> uh, I guess one other interesting find that we had mm -hmm. uh, was what we lovingly call the, the, the pig turbo. Uh, <laughs> what? The pig turbo. Because okay. we, we opened up this web interface and uh, all we saw was just a picture of a pig Mm -hmm. And then a little diagram with arrows pointing over to what looks like a fan and then pointing down to some kind of measurement. Mm -hmm. And we can't understand anything uh, on this web page because it's all in a different language. Uh, so 
were like, oh, you know, this must just be a pig turbo. Just the first thing that came to mind. Right. And, uh, you know, after a little bit of digging, we found that what it really was was just a measuring uh, emission levels from livestock at a farm. Gotcha. Okay. And it made a whole lot more sense. But <laughs> but pig turbo is a great name for it as well. I think so. Yep. Awesome. So then my question for you is with all of these unique and semi-unexpected items that you guys find, how would somebody go about trying to figure out what is even open like these odd devices and how would they even go about trying to secure them? Is this something that you would expect them to do or would they have to bring in outside help like alias to pen test and find these things? I, I think, you know, a lot of this could be handled in house. You could do scanning of your own network and just saying, okay, what devices have port 80 and 443 open? Mm -hmm. Cause that's where you see most web interfaces is on one of those two ports. Um, however, I, I do think there is still something to be added by somebody outside coming in who, who knows nothing about your network. Uh, and in the case of alias, you know, we're curious, we want to look for these weird, interesting things. Uh, so we, you know, we d dive deep and, you know, search far and wide across the network to say, you know, what is there and what can we do with it? Mm -hmm. So I think there is also that value from a pen test or something like that. Yeah. So there's the value from the pen test. And then, you know, a final takeaway for people listening and watching is just keep in mind what you have connected. Don't forget these little things because check printers are very valid. Um, a very interesting way that people could potentially commit fraud with your company digital signage that that could definitely hurt your brand if uh, someone was able to take control of that and put things up there that you didn't want to be up there absolutely so just keep an eye on that stuff huh yep and I, and I think to touch on protecting these kinds of thing a little better um, it's really more about protecting everything around it uh, as in a lot of cases the vendors for these devices don't make it easy or don't give you the option whatsoever to add access control uh, or any kind of security features. So, you know, it may involve putting them in maybe a DMZ network that has very limited access, uh, kind of separate from most people's access, uh, kind of sandboxing it. So you have to have credentials and to even get on the network to be able to access these things. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, that definitely makes sense. Awesome. Well, did you have anything else you wanted to add about this topic? Don't think so. Perfect. Well, Robert, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you. Thank you.